Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning and welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. I'm Linda Crater and we're going to talk today about things that have nicknames. They visit every month. Um, You are about 12 or 13 when you begin this journey. And I think over time, it has been very interesting to me, being in an older demographic, to watch how a topic that we didn't really talk about a whole lot, uh, but we knew about when we were young, which is our periods, our monthly menses. When you get into middle age or even 30s for some people, you are not told a whole lot about the way your body then starts to work in reverse. And so it's very interesting. So we're going to be talking today with Bria Gad. And she calls herself the period whisperer. And I think those of us who've had trouble sometimes, or it it always was inconvenient, or whatever we had as a youth, where it was more or less predictable for most people, then when you move into perimenopause, it becomes less predictable. And you really start to experience what you didn't experience before. So we don't like to be surprised, at least I don't. So Bria, welcome to our show and let's talk about what happens in middle age. Thank you, Linda. I'm so excited to be here. I love your show and uh, I could talk about this stuff all day long. So I'm, I'm really pumped. Well, I'm grateful uh, because it's so interesting. We we take it for granted and I'm older than you are. And so it was not really talked about much. But I went to a woman's college and we immediately synchronized, which I oh. thought was fascinating. Yeah. And it's been proven that's that ha- does indeed happen. And so you you really have some interesting parallels when you're young. And then Later on, you follow different timelines depending on you and your physique and your hormonal history and your, you know, genetics, the whole thing. So let's talk about when and what to expect at what phases of life. Mm, I love that. And I think what you you brought up first is really how kind of uneducated we are on it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's one of the foundational pieces to begin for everything. I mean, ultimately women's bodies weren't required to be a part of medical research or wellness research studies until the mid 1990s. So Mm -hmm. if you are in my age box, which I consider sort of 35 to 55 or beyond, Mm -hmm. then you definitely are still working with education that you were taught and cultural influence that you were taught, which really is kind of looking at us more as small men instead of understanding this rhythm. So none of us were given a lot of great information to begin with. And that's where I think what you what you started with, where we right. kind of come into dreading this this monthly thing or just kind of surrendering and accepting it. Well, but it was interesting because when we were young, there was a book that moms handed you along with a package of other things. And you read about your bodies yourselves. Mm-hmm. And so you actually weren't unprepared as a youth, but 
On the other end of the spectrum, the change of life, as they used yeah. to call it, was not discussed. Yeah. And you you immediately just thought, okay, there will be a ces- cessation of menses. And mm-hmm. in fact, that's not usually the way it works. It's up and downs and quirks and hot flashes mm-hmm. and all sorts of interesting symptoms, some of which you associate with getting older and some of which you do not. Yeah. So yeah. talk about that. Talk about how suddenly you're, I mean, I personally felt like my body was hijacked and I lost my mother in my 20s. So she never went through menopause while yeah. she was alive. So I had nothing to follow in terms yeah. of where are we going now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, okay. So I think it's first important to sort of define a little, because what you're saying, you're right. We aren't, we're really undereducated on what perimenopause is. Mm-hmm. Menopause is a word we hear more often, I think, growing up. And really menopause is just one day, 365 days after we stop bleeding in mm-hmm. our life. Mm-hmm. Usually somewhere in the, in the early fifties, there's obviously a range mm-hmm. from 35 until that day is what is called perimenopause or the menopause transition or premenopause. And essentially it's a reverse puberty where, you know, the role of our hormones, like who's handling the hormones in the body is being passed and the amount of hormones is starting to change. And actually the chemistry in our brain begins to be mm-hmm. and changed as well. So what is what we have been taught, I think, is normal, um, might not really be true. What is normal for women to expect, because I think this is this is really important, is that when we reach 35 and this hormonal shift happens, like I was saying, three things are happening. So the role of the hormones, who's handling it in the body, is shifting from our ovaries to our adrenals, which are our stress managers. Mm-hmm. So of course, the state of the stress managers at that time is really going to determine how this job is being passed. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of if you work in a corporate world and someone goes on a leave and you're expected to do your work, their work, and there's no extra time and no extra resources to do that work. Oh, that's Think- normal. Yeah, yeah, that's normal, and things slip through the cracks. So depending on the job that your adrenals are already handling, that's going to have a big impact on on the symptoms you might experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of hormones, of course, starts to change. And I think what's really important for women to understand here is that our two main sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, are what we call symbiotic in nature, meaning when there's too much of one, there's not enough of the other and vice versa. So they're very they're a little precarious, kind of like anything, right? We're, if we're going through a transition, you know, if you're moving houses or moving jobs or having a baby or getting married or getting divorced, these are big transitions. And this reverse puberty is as significant as puberty, as pregnancy, as postpartum. So it's a big transition. And so it's a precarious time where these hormones become really super sensitive to, again, the other things happening in our life. So the job's being changed. The amount is being changed so that balance becomes really sensitive and of course the these two pieces alone are impacting our brain specifically our memory encoders and retrievers of the brain our hippocampus and our amygdala and so we start to become more aware of things that are bothering us of traumas we haven't dealt with of things we said were okay when they weren't okay so it's a lot of transition this time and 
in a healthy, balanced body, really, you know, just like puberty, we are going to experience some shifts and changes and discomforts, but it should be really manageable and comfortable for most of us. Mm-hmm. And in an, and and what we might notice in our period, being that it's like our fifth vital sign, is that we will start to notice it getting a little closer together, maybe changing a little bit, getting a little bit heavier or a little bit lighter. But in a healthy balance, that's what we should be seeing. And I think the most important piece is that if you are suffering with lots of different symptoms, we know there's an imbalance and that's when it's time to get help. I find it fascinating that you talked about closer together because my perception at the time was that it would get farther apart. I know. And then it did not. And it came with, and I was blessed not to ever have, um, PMS or PMDD or any of that. So I never had any symptoms. It was all very simple. But now I was being hijacked. I was like, what the heck? And Mm -hmm. surprised. And I'm not huge on surprises. They're usually not fun. But I had not heard that. Before it got further apart, it would get closer together, like ridiculously close together. (laughs) And you're Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm I'm going to die. All I'm doing is bleeding. <laughs> it's yeah, ridiculous. Awesome. Where is Jesus and his cloak? So, <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of funny, but I I was not told that. And in fact, when I asked my uh, doctor, my OBGYN, you know, he was so old school. He didn't have any information. And <laughs> it was very disappointing. So I... I didn't have family to ask. I, you know, didn't, I, anyway, I I just mustered through. And I think a lot of women in in my group, I'm older than you are, I believe, we we mustered through because you have to. Of course. I mean, most things in life, you just have to go through. But what Mm -hmm. I am seeing now is a shift to... Any complaint someone has, any symptom, any feeling a little off, the brain fog is real when you're going through menopause. Um, But this perimenopause, you know, was first, let's let's talk about it in our 40s, and now it's backing up into the 30s when people are still bearing children. And I think we also know that when you have children, your hormonal changes are very abrupt and, you know, both good and bad. Uh, boy, your hair gets gorgeous when you're pregnant, but not so when you're not. So it's very interesting to to watch because let me just give you an example so you know why I'm saying this. My mother died of ALS when I was 26. The doctors told her that her ALS symptoms were gynecological. (sighs) Yes, I'm not making this up. And so she was not taken seriously for a very long time. Um, but, I mean, I, I kept pressing the doctors and things, and, and eventually we got this horrific diagnosis. But the point is that not everything can be blamed on this. Now, a lot can be blamed on hormonal fluctuations, but certainly not motor skills like she had. So she was an aberration, an outlier on this sort of thing. But I also want to bring it to people's attention that if you start to imagine everything is blamed on this, you're going to get very caught up in, dare I say it, you know, a victim 
mindset when this is a very natural part of life. Yeah. A victim mindset and also a helpless one where yes. you can't do anything about it. And and this is where, you know, for me and my work, the, the, the script I would really love to flip for women is that you absolutely can do something about it because mm-hmm. These symptoms are actually designed to tell us that something is wrong. They are whispers from our body. And we it's perimenopause is really that time where the body is now like where we don't have estrogen kind of flowing at us like rose colored glasses, reminding us to nurture others and care for others before ourselves. And it is time for us to pay attention to these whispers before they turn into screams. So it there is I, I you know, I really appreciate you sharing that vulnerable story because I think that was dreadful. I can imagine, you know, to be dismissed like that and to, to understand perimenopause is the time in life that demands you start to pay attention and care for the, the habits that are no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. And some of those come from the things we are eating and the way we are moving. And some of them, those come from, you know, our relationship to stress, mm-hmm. which is ultimately why you mentioned, you know, it wasn't that long ago where these words perimenopause and menopause didn't really start to come up until the 40s. And now we are absolutely seeing the impact of it in in the mid 30s when it starts to happen. And that is stress. That is the result. That is stress. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we underestimate how much stress really does affect our holistic health. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there, you know, and we, we as women have become really, you know, high, like a high tolerance to it, where often I speak to women and they don't even recognize that essentially they're operating like, like Olympic athletes. That's the way I like to look at it, but we're not mm-hmm. Our bodies and our health, like Olympians do. There's no off season. There's no massages. There's no, you know, rounding out <laughs> the program. Right. This it's, is funny that you say these things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's just you're Olympic. lucky if you get to sit down and eat dinner at the table. Yeah. But I, I also think that you you view it positively, and I, I think that's very important. Mindset helps your body to manage stress better. Yeah. Absolutely. To, yeah, and and our perception of it, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask most women what they think of when they hear perimenopause or menopause, I think that they they do slide into this. Well, it's just going to happen to me. There's nothing that I can do about it. I'm just getting older, which is really those cultural normative, you know, responses that we've we've absorbed in our life and. The truth is that I think is so important that women understand is like in Chinese medicine, they call this our second spring. Right. Chapter. What a lovely way to view it. Oh, yeah. And the science behind that is that, yes, now we are no longer subconsciously driven every single month to reproduce. And the philosophy behind that, I think, is what gives us one of the greatest lenses where it's like, this is my opportunity now Mm -hmm. to, yeah, to heal the things that I have pushed aside to nurture Mm -hmm. and to recreate life in this earth. And and really, ultimately, yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's our time to pay attention to what the body is saying. And when we do, that's when we get this second spring and this second chapter to be our most confident, healthy, connected to ourselves people. 
Agreed. Talk a little bit about how nutrition, good nutrition, good exercise habits, movement, um, a good social circle, all of these things can truly help you through any stressful transition. You mentioned relocation as one example, a changed job. Let's face it, we all went through a pandemic. And so, you know, it if you take a look at the things you can do to help yourself, I love in our prior conversation, we talked about how the symptoms work for you, not yeah. to you. Talk a yeah. little bit more about that. Yeah, I think the, the idea that the symptoms, you know, that perimenopause is happening for you and not to you really comes back to that idea of this is your body saying to you, hey, pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, not I'm tired, let's caffeinate, or I'm bloated. <laughs> you know what, what we do. Uh, and really? I am equally guilty. I have been <laughs> guilty in my life. So this is for no, you know, this is what happens, but it's right. more, I'm tired. You know, why am I tired? It's following that bouncing ball back. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that these aren't symptoms to just numb out, but to actually listen and follow as signs of what's really going on and how to heal that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we think about the four, you know, to talk about movement and nutrition, I think I really love to look at our foundational health. I mean, and this goes, this goes for animals in the wild True. and humans of all ages and genders, but we have this, our, the foundational like of our health is almost like, I like to look at it like a dining table. If you um, go to a restaurant and you sit down at a dining table, it's got four legs, you know, the pillars of our health are, are sleep and rest, movement, not fitness. Fitness is not a requirement for health, no. but movement, functional movement is, nutrition, of course, and and stress management and pleasure. And I lump those together because it's very hard to feel joy if you're very stressed. So they're closely linked. And we see it in animals. You know, every day they sleep, they eat, they move, and they play and shake off their stress. So... And so when we think about this table, if one of these legs is wiggly, I mean, you stick your elbow on that table, Linda, and it, it's a and bit it shifts, right? Yeah, it's a, you can manage. It's annoying. You might, you know, stick a folded up matchbook or piece of cardboard under mm-hmm. there. If two are, it's very difficult and distracting and frustrating and, and it really impacts the meal. And if three are rickety, then your meal's on the floor and you're not coming back to that restaurant. <laughs> And the same goes for our I like that visual. (laughs) Well, thank you. And so I think, you know, the, and we have gotten away from this in our culture, but ultimately, no matter what nutrition plan you're following or diet plan or things that you're looking at in this life, you cannot get away from these foundational pillars. And I almost Mm -hmm. look at it like it's kindergarten. We need to come back to those kindergarten pieces of, am I sleeping? Am I moving? Am I eating like three meals a day with real food? And am I managing my stress and finding joy? Because until we get until we get these locked in, you can't go out and get fancy with all these other options and tools and things that are out there, which might work or might not work. But regardless, these are our foundational pieces. So that's- those are important to set because unless you have a good foundation heading into any season of life, you you really are going to have that teeter-tottery table. And Absolutely. so it really is important on every level. Um, did you see um, in your work, did you see a difference after the pandemic? Absolutely. 
Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. Like it was, I think, any, especially any woman going into the pandemic that was 37 to 47, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable because, you know, again, if we're going through this transition and our adrenals are our stress managers, and now they're they're overloaded with mm-hmm. more stress. Our liver's overloaded with more cortisol to deal with. That has just, you know, massively impacted symptoms and right. and thrown us further into a balance because that symbiotic teeter-totter of hormones, progesterone is very sensitive to cortisol. They fight for the same receptors. So you have stress coming in and it's pushing down that cortisol or that progesterone and throwing off that estrogen progesterone balance. And hello, really heavy periods, unexplained weight gain, stubborn mm-hmm. belly fat, sleepless nights, night sweats, hot flashes, you know, all skin, of it. hair loss, right. all of it, you name it. And that's just, you know, 10 of the 40 some odd that we, that are known symptoms of perimenopause. And I, I think it's funny because, um, I, I know people who had very rough periods in their teens, 20s, and 30s, mm-hmm. post-babies, et cetera, who breezed through menopause. Mm-hmm. And I know the exact opposite that happened as well. So people who were, um, you know, very, very smooth during all of their youth, suddenly it was it was like, who took over my body? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard that from many women that mm-hmm. I never felt like this before. I, I wanted to kill people. I wanted to, Definitely. you know, these, these extreme emotions or extreme hot flashes. So you look like you ran through a shower. Yeah. And I mean, it does happen to some people, but all the more reason why get those foundational things set before you try the fancy stuff, as you said. Yes, because when when we have the foundational, I mean, if you go to any naturopath, any holistic coach, you know, these are our ground grounding pieces, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, we, we can hardly find the root cause of whatever issue is throwing off the hormones because it's really not your hormones. It's what's throwing off the hormones. And of course, right. the imbalance creates these symptoms that we're having. So we're trying mm-hmm. to get the root, but we cannot find a root if, if, if these foundational pieces are off. That's always that starting point. So that's something people can do absolutely on their own before they even, you know, pay for a program or pay for a coach or go and get help is let's mm-hmm. root into these foundational pieces. And of course, if you're having trouble being consistent, which I think is a really important piece to recognize because a lot of the times these symptoms that we're struggling with can, you know, get tied back to really wanting to lose weight. That often becomes the focal point for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And much like we can't get pregnant when our bodies are stressed out and imbalanced, We cannot fat burn and have optimal energy. And, you know, so we really need to bring it back, bring our body back into balance. And that process takes 12, 16 weeks before we can shift back into a fat burning piece. I'm and so I, glad you mentioned it doesn't happen overnight, no. that you, you have to, you didn't get there overnight, took you no. 35, 40 years. Um, yeah. But now you want it to be fixed instantly, which is, of course, why there are some fancy tools now that can address certain things, but never addressing the root causes of whether you're stressed or which leg of the table is wobbly really doesn't get you a a good solution that can be followed for any length of time. So let's talk also about... We, I think it's on your website, um, which, by the way, is Bria, B-R-I-A, 
thepeeriodwhisperer.com. And you talk about the three steps to better sleep, energy, and fat burning. Yes. I want to make sure we get those in. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So this kind of comes back because if we are dealing with the a hormonal, if we're experiencing these symptoms, Linda, then we know we have a hormonal imbalance. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, in holistic health, if given half a chance, the body really can heal itself. Sure. And, and if it can't, that's when we can reach for assistance. But before we reach for assistance, we need to make sure those foundations are there. Mm-hmm. So if we are dealing with these symptoms in perimenopause and menopause, then we know there's an imbalance and we have to figure out what is the root of this piece. And it's, it, you know, it always begins with inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. So when we're trying to, whether our goal is just to get back into sleeping through the night, whether our goal is to release weight or gain muscle, or whether our goal is to just have the energy we want to live the life mm-hmm. that we want, the process looks the same. We have to take, just like if you were to if you were to have a broken ankle, and this is one of my favorite metaphors because you know hormones inside is a little bit like mental health it's really intangible it's hard to see so we mm-hmm. don't recognize it the same but i want you to think about your hormone imbalance like you broke your ankle you're maybe you're a marathon runner you broke your ankle the first thing we do is cast up that ankle to eliminate the inflammation mm-hmm. because if walking around and that ankle smashing up against things, we just are going to get into more and more inflammation. And of course, chronic inflammation, chronic stress and cortisol, which means we're exacerbating this hormone imbalance, just making Mm -hmm. it worse. And which of course cascades into the rest of the body. So first we need to take, you know, four or six weeks of this healing process. And what I like to think cast up, cast up our, our bodies to rest and eliminate the inflammation. And we do that by really, I think, pulling back on intense workouts and really just focusing on, am I able to sleep, you know, eight or nine hours a night, or can I at least hold space for that, that sleep? Am I getting out and just doing functional movement, like walking, getting those seven to 10,000 steps in stretching? Am I eating three meals that do not include the high inflammatory foods that aren't exacerbating that? So those inflammatory foods are, you know, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, processed flours, you know, genetically modified corn and soy or some of the big players, of course. And and can I work on managing my stress and my pleasure? And and we need to spend those four to six weeks allowing the body to use its energy to heal instead of using it to, you know, crush out intense workouts or using it to fight more inflammation from the food that we're eating. Well, the good news is that they're proving that lighter half hour, 40 minute workouts do a great job. Absolutely. That you are not doing yourself a lot of favors if you overwork out. So yeah. I think that's good news. Yes, I think it's wonderful. So taking this, you know, and for for a lot of my, you know, a lot of my athletes out there, the women who like really have, you know, had fitness as a part of their identity, this can feel like a tough one. But we're the goal is I want my energy to be on resting and healing, just like we were casting up that ankle. Mm-hmm. Once that cast comes off and the inflammation has, you know, subsided, then we need to take a time. And this is where the cast comes off, and everyone wants to skip this step, Linda. Uh-huh. And, 
need to go. To, it's like going to the physiotherapist. We have to go and get full range of motion. So before, mm-hmm. often we get through the elimination piece or the inflammation piece, and we now we are feeling better. We're sleeping better. We have more energy. And so we want to go right back into how things are. <laughs> and right. We, go right back into how things are. So we want to take that time then to nourish and repair our metabolism. And, and then once we've moved through, you know, four weeks of that, then we can actually learn how to set our goals and optimize them with our hormones. So those are your three main phases of healing. And that's what takes you back into fat burning or back into muscle building or whatever your goals are. Well, I think that's a marvelous summary because it's simple, it's clear, and it sets expectations properly. I would add one thing that I did not know until you know recent years is that make sure you're getting enough protein. It will help you to be feelful longer. It will help you on the weight side of things. Make sure that you are we've been taught the wrong things. Yeah. And so we need to retrain ourselves on, on a good, healthy meal. I mean, do you remember how many times you were told don't eat the yolks on the eggs yeah. when egg is pretty much the most perfect food out there? Yeah. Um, so I, I think all of your works are really, really important. So what would you like to add? We have about a little less than two minutes. Uh, again, her website is Bria, B-R-I-A, the period whisperer. Dot com, and I urge you to go there because you can sense the energy in her voice and she knows what she's talking about. And so let's not suffer. Let's feel better together. Yeah. What would you like to add? Thank you, Linda. You know, I'm so grateful for this. And, you know, I think more just communicate, share with your friends and, and go out, be more in your life and not mm-hmm. just on the scale. Isn't that the truth? I, I think we, we need to surround ourselves with friends. We need to be kind to ourselves. And boy, above all, I need adequate sleep. I don't know about the rest of you. But if, <laughs> if I have enough sleep, I, I can do just about anything. Yes. So, Bria, thank you so much for sharing time with us today. And again, that URL is Bria, B-R-I-A, the, T-H-E, period, whisperer.com. Thanks for giving us your wisdom today. Thank you. Absolutely love to have you. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.